Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your broadcast and be with you. With me, my friend Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. Man, I love this stuff. I love that we're taking the opportunity not only we're, we're on this abuse week, which is going to turn into more than a week. So we want to let everybody know one thing. Things aren't going to line up seamless, seamlessly. So we're, there's going to be five days of this and five days of Proverbs. And we're going to come back to this. And we, we reminded you that Pastor Tony Miller uh, took ill. He's going to be fine. Pray for him. And, and uh, so we're probably going to go back to this after five days. We're really, we're up against the wall or 10 days we're up against the wall and fitting things together so bear with us on this we work long distance on this and working with other people gonna be a lot better coming into the new year so hang with us on this and and uh, I think you guys can understand that and uh, so glad that we have a God that healed the broken in heart and bindeth up our wounds praise God for him and I want to use a word today so a word of the day is prudent prudent and, uh, you know, prudent and, and another word for prudent would, I guess, be wise. And uh, prudent is one of those great words. You know, we find it in the Bible and uh, we know it's showing care of thought for our future. We know that it's bringing us, uh, you know, when we're, when we're prudent, we're prudent with our money, Kevin. We're, we're judging things. We're being judicious. We're being sensible. Uh, we, we're cautious is another word, I think, for prudent. I'm trying to do the best I I can as a thesaurus without pulling one up, but prudent is a really important biblical term. A prudent man foreseeth evil, the Bible tells us, and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And so it's actually, the Bible's actually given us an antonym right there. It's actually coming in and it's calling them simple. We might say uh, imprudent, we might say incautious, uh, we may use stupid, I mean, as an antonym or an opposite, uh, but a prudent person, that wise person, uh, that, you know, that person that's judicious, that's worried about their future, they foresee bad things, Kevin, and, uh, and they want to put things together. And I think when you're godly, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I think you have to be prudent, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bible expects it because uh, how many times, like you said, the opposite is simple and simple brings destruction. <clears throat> and I think it's interesting that in the book of Proverbs, simple is, is used, I think, almost entirely negatively. In the New Testament, it does talk about simple as far as innocence, which is a good thing. But yeah, we need to be prudent we need to be, we need to, you know, I think we need to think ahead a little bit, right? Where we say, I have, uh, if I do this, this will probably take place. <laughs> if I get into this relationship, if I go back to this person, if I agree to this, what are the scenarios that I'm looking at? Mm. And we, we should learn from our mistakes. Simple people don't learn from their mistakes. They make a decision that brings them grief and they do it again 
And, you know, the definition of insanity, one definition is to do the same thing over and over and expect different results. Well, that's, that's not prudent. That's the opposite. So, yeah, I, I, you know, when I think about probably the audience that might be listening, um, what we should always ask ourselves, what would be prudent to do in this situation where a decision has to be made? What would be cautious? And God always blesses cautiousness, conservativeness, you know, trying to cut your losses, trying to, to, to be wise about it more so than the rash, uh, uncircumspect, uh, uncircumspect decision of just rushing forward and saying, Hey, you know, just everything's got to be spontaneous in my life. And I'm just going to put the pedal to the metal and whatever's over the next, around the next curve, I'll face it. And, you know, God just doesn't seem to bless that a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and I think folks just, just realize prudent is a good word and, and make it part of your life, being wise, thinking about your future, thinking about your family's future, uh, live like you're living for God. And, uh, that's what that's all about. And, and, and then, you know, as we go through steps of healing, we're on the fourth step now. And, uh, we covered the first three. The first one was accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. The second one was a new creation in Christ. The third one was acknowledging our trauma. And now the fourth one is we got to realize that we live under the shadow of the almighty God and Psalm number 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. Surely he will deliver, deliver thee from the snare, those traps of the follower and from the noisome pestilence, he will cover thee with his feathers. And just like that eagle can heaven, you know, that eagle covering up that eaglet, just like that. God does that for us to make sure no one gets through to that little eaglet, make sure no one gets through. Thou should be afraid of the terror at night, nor the arrow that flieth by the day, nor the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at the right hand, uh, but it shall not come nigh thee. And so we live under the shadow of this almighty, wonderful God. We, we live under the shadow. God's trying to teach us that he's our protector and that through faith in him, uh, he's going to take care of our safety desires, our needful desires. Uh, you know, uh, we got to remember that as spiritual people, as people who've accepted Jesus Christ, who are a new creation, we talked about uh, being a new creation in Christ and how sometimes we got to go back and look at that and say, wait a minute, I'm not living in this fear zone. I'm not living in this paranoid, paranoid zone. I'm like that man who had a, who blocked those people on the phone and stuff and said, no, it's all over. It's all over. Next time you call me, I go to the police. You're blocked. Leave me alone. We're a new protected by God person. We don't live in the evil zone anymore. Uh, God's promising us this incredible security. I mean, Kevin, God's saying, will, will you live under the shadow of me? Will you trust me? Mm. <clears throat> you know, uh, a couple nights ago, I had a, or a couple evenings ago, I, I sat down with a man and his wife. He had, uh, bad PTSD, combat, P combat PTSD. And it was the culmination of months in uh, downrange. And he had friends blown to bits, um, had 
you know, just had some real bad stuff taking place. And um, <clears throat> at one point it was in an in, in a Buffalo MRAP type of thing, you know, one of these anti IED or IED protected things. And the enemy had made such a, a, a really a, a well-made device that when his MRAP tripped the, whatever it hit a wire or something, a buried wire, it blew up a device that was way ahead so that it would blow through the windshield because he said that the the weaknesses were the engine block and the and the windshield and um so it blasted the fire out of that windshield but god protected him and he and he described the the scenario of survival when it was done everyone in that vehicle laughed and was high-fiving each other because they simply were alive and um this individual had been through several of those things. He, the loss was horrific that he experienced in his, his in his whole time. By the way, this is a man very very high ranking, highest rank you could get in that command position, and um, he was an E nine. But he he was uh, well, he wasn't E nine at the time, but he is he retired out. But anyway, his his testimony is one of such calm peace in Christ, such such desire to help others who are going through trauma. And yet he was just very, very appreciative of me allowing him to walk me through his traumas because he he just needed someone that he felt he could do that with. And, and he said he had never opened up like that before. And I, I just felt like God had allowed me into a very secret place of, of safety for him. And, uh, I was able to bring some healing balm, but, but yeah, under the shadow of the almighty, he, he recognized how God saved him different times and others were not. And instead of letting survivor guilt and all that just eat him up, he decided to live under the shadow of the almighty that, Every day is going to be a gift from God. It's the, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. If it were not the Lord who was on our side, men had swallowed us up quick. There's a thousand ways God delivers us constantly from people that want to destroy us or demons and, you know, spiritual warfare. But because we're under this shadow, you know, people like this individual is able to go out with a testimony. And I think my, my, my prayer is that this particular individual might be a great, uh, useful, uh, spokesman for, for PTSD and biblical approach, even, even this wounded spirits thing. Wow. What a testimony though. And, and how God takes care of us. And, and so often we get outside that limit. So often we, find ourselves not respecting there's angels around us always that look out for us and there's people around us always uh that god uses i think to take care of us and 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 sometimes we just forget to thank god but when you've been through something like what this man's been through you have no other place but the place you go and say man somehow we lived Somehow we lived through this. What a great story, and it fit perfectly with what's going on. Hey, folks, we're going to have to go and, and let the broadcast do what they do, but we'll be right back with you.
You know, that fifth step of healing, that fifth step of healing, we talked about the fourth, remembering we're under the shadow of a great God of uh, the Lord Almighty. And then number five, we got to realize that growth often means pain and trauma and, and knowing that some of the things we go through in life and that God can use them uh, from our trauma, like he used them in Job. I was thinking about this today that, you know, when Job, the terrible things that he went through and God let the devil do these things to him. But at the end, Job was a completely different godly human being at the end where he started praying for his friends, where he was no longer number one in his life you know he thought and uh, when he got to that point and, and this great verse I like over in Matthew 16 24 then Jesus said unto his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me if you want to go after Christ brethren my brothers and sisters in Christ we 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 need to take up our cross we need to take up his cross and follow him and there was a patch I wore down at Fort Benning Georgia Kevin it, it said follow me on it and uh and it, it was the sword and on the bottom it said follow me and and it literally went back to when the organization of that particular division that used to be there during World War 1 uh, someone got up in the middle of a battle that a certain death was there and said, follow me. And uh, you could read the history of the individual lost his life and won a Congressional Medal of Honor. But we forget as Christians that we're followers. You know, we're not, we're not to be followed. You know, some people when we're pastors and stuff will say, well, you know, uh, Kevin's my pastor or Doug's my pastor or something like that. But the truth is we identify with Christ. We need a local church. That's very important. We need to join one. But we got to remember that even your pastor of your local church is somebody uh, who follows Christ. So growth, uh, growth often means pain and trauma, but following Christ, accepting his plan for you, denying yourself, taking up the cross, and, uh, and knowing that even when we're saved, even when we're going through life, there's going to be some pain and trauma. It's not necessarily going to be those terrible things we talked about, the grooming, the sexual assault, the physical assault, the neglect, but there's going to be some trauma and stuff in our life, and, and, and God's saying it's okay, let's use this. God doesn't waste a trial, Kevin. He doesn't waste a trial. No, no. And it's true. No pain, no gain. The, the Marines say pain is weakness leaving the body. But, you know, no one, no one wants to be stupid and invite pain. You know, the, you talk about battle, fa famous last words of someone rushing into battle, famous last knuckleheaded words were um, something like, uh, stand up, you cowards. They couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. Yeah. So the last word was dist. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, but you know, every time God accomplishes something, he does it through people. And every time we surrender to God and want to make significant gains in our Christian life or for his cause and his kingdom, it is, it's going to involve some pain and some trauma. And he doesn't want us to recoil from that. I remember uh, after I surrendered to ministry to the military, I immediately caught Lyme disease. And the Lyme disease um, gave me a pacemaker for a while, which was subsequently taken out. But, you know, um, I, someone said, why, you know, why are you even uh, going to be a military missionary? I don't think you're going to make it. You know, don't you see God's trying to stop you? Well, God had said, do this. And so, we did it and, and the rest is history. But, um, 
every time we've tried to make a, an advance into something that that needed to be accomplished, um, there was there was pain and trauma. I remember when we first went to Gulfport, Mississippi, to to work with the military. There's a CB base in Gulfport, and there's a uh, uh, Air Force base in Biloxi, Mississippi. So we went there. When we got there, I remember feeling a satanic oppression yeah. uh, that was that was in that area. And it really, you know, at one point I was driving down the road and I remember thinking, I, I can almost cut this oppression with a knife. I looked in the rearview mirror at that moment, Doug, and I saw a car. It was night and I saw headlights coming from behind me. And the guy must have been drunk because he wasn't slowing down. But because I was thinking about it and I looked in the mirror and saw these headlights zooming and not slowing down, I was able to begin to at least get out of his way. He did cream into me and he did bent, you know, bent up the car pretty good. But um it, I I just knew in retrospect that there was some there was some opposition. There is some pain and trauma associated with trying to grow spiritually and trying to help some other people. And the same thing happened when we went to Fort Hood to plant a church, went to California to plant a church. (laughs) In fact, while you were talking, I remembered clearly, vividly, we were on the streets of Oceanside, California, and we would sing uh, songs and I'd mentioned another broadcast, you know, we get song books and we do, uh, you know, like chalk art drawings and ch- explain the gospel. And we were allowed to do that. The city had actually put its blessing on it. I, I had lunch with the city manager of Oceanside, California, or I had coffee with him breakfast. And, um, and, and, and he was fine with what we were doing. It was all okay that we had these street meetings. And so our, our church would bring a Saturday church service out, outside onto the street corner in front of the courthouse. We give out water bottles and set up chairs and stuff. And it was great. But at one point we sensed oppression growing. And, uh, during that period of time, some of my church members were saying, pastor, do you see these guys walking around? I said, I hadn't noticed it, but look, and, and when I looked, there was, um, there were several individuals with camcorders. This is before smartphones. There was camcorders. This is in 2002 or, or one, I think it was two. And they were filming and I, and I, all we could come up with was no good explanation why someone would walk around filming. And these were really young people. It turned out they were Satan worshipers. Wow. And, and, and within a week or two, they waited until I was uh, in a in a spot where I wasn't my my church members, you know, the gunny sergeant and the the CPO, chief petty officer, navy guy. They weren't nearby, and some of the other men of the church weren't nearby. And I was standing there, and I just took my Bible and I was preaching the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And that he loved them and died for them and and rose again and wants to be their savior. Well, they surrounded me. The Satan worshipers, about eight of them, surrounded me. And they began just chanting and, and saying horrible things. And But I just remember that the shadow of the Almighty was over me. Yeah. And as I was standing there, you could just sense that this pain, this trauma, this situation that for all intents and purposes ought to scare you away and say, I'm never going to go back to where that can happen. 
because God was with me, the, nevertheless, the Lord stood by me, Paul said, and delivered me. That 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 made that into a, a almost a, in retrospect anyway, a glorious experience. And I, I thank God for giving me a little prudence because as I'm preaching the gospel, I felt like I was throwing swine, I mean, throwing pearls before these swine, you know, and, uh, and I recognized they were just scoffing at the love of God. And so I began to preach on the blood of Jesus and on the, the future of, of the devil. And I, I remember when I said that the, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. When I said that, when I pointed out the future of their leader, they scattered like, like roaches when the light was turned on and they just went zooming and jumping and diving and rolling across, uh, the pavement to get away. And, you know, after that, God lifted the oppression. And after that, uh, a Marine got saved and, and he's a missionary now. And, you know, I just say this accomplishing something, you might as well expect pain and trauma. Is it worth it? Yes, because you're under the shadow of the Almighty, which is what you're talking about. Well, praise God for that. And and and, and folks, I think you know it's very important that we all understand a couple things that we're different. We've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have the Holy Spirit of God indwelled within us, and we can either fight that, or or it can exude through that. In Kevin's story, I've been there. I had a guy one time come up to me. It was at a, a God Bless the USA conference. Some of you may know this. Uh, Byron Fox was leading up a conference. We were in Hampton, Virginia. We were at a Coliseum, and, you know, people came out, and this one guy came out, and he stole the Bible off my table, which we were giving out for free, so it really wasn't like stealing. But anyway, he went running off, and he was screaming things while the preacher, first preacher was up there, and he started yelling, you know, in Isaiah, uh, you know, Martians landed on earth and just some of that Scientology craziness, you know, they came out of a spaceship, landed in volcanoes or whatever. I think, but it, you know, it could, it could have been any of the type of cults, you know what I'm saying? But he got, and, and he was screaming all that. But when you enter the word of God, there is no defense uh, for the devil. There is no place to go. God has defeated the devil. He threw him out of heaven and his angels. And when you combat evilness or wickedness in your life, that's why we tell you when people are abusing you or hurting you, you don't have to deal with it, with that anymore. God has taken care of that. Just say, no, I, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I will no longer be abused. I don't live in this zone anymore. Or when people are hurting you and stuff, I don't live there anymore. I, I just don't live here anymore. And uh, I think that's so important. Listen, we sure do love you folks. What a great honor it is to have you part of us and, and doing these types of things. And we look forward to talking to you all very soon. May God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, 
Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.